Welcome to the EFGM Formula One podcast. Uh, we are here for the Portuguese Grand Prix, which has just been run and won. We watched it live on KO Sports. And if you haven't got a KO Sports subscription, we recommend you get one. Uh, sign up now and you can do it for free. So just search for KO Freebies and uh, you can watch every practice session free. And we think that'll be a bit of an enticement for you to then watch quality and the race like we do uh, because you'll get an experience for how good live sport can be. In the palm of your hand, you're watch, uh, watching your mobile phone, your tablet. I watched uh, the Indy Grand Prix at Texas on the Oval this morning, sitting in a car waiting for someone, and I just I watched the last 20 minutes of the race, streamed on my mobile phone. Brilliant way to go. I'm joined, uh, Trevor Long here, joined by Connor McNally and Harry Tucker. Boys, a very good morning to you, very early in the morning. It is a very good morning at about, what, 10 to 2 in the morning. Um, are we actually awake after that race? Um oh. I'm, I'm, Harry, I'm struggling. Harry, you there, mate? Harry, one, two. <laughs> oh, mate, it is it is Struggle Street over here. That was just end up being the biggest snore fest of, I don't even think just of, of this year. I mean, we're only three races in this year, so there's not, not, not much to go on. But definitely in a long time, that was fucking boring. Oh, I have to make a very, very important admission that, I because we ha- we should say we're not we're not together. You're not here in the EFTM studio. Uh, we're remote. We're 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 at our own independent establishments. And because you weren't here to keep me awake, um, I relied on on my alarm. And fuck, it's very lucky that I did um, because <laughs> I, I, after the initial flurry, which we'll talk about, um, I, I thought this is not good. And I have been prone to fall asleep during races. Who hasn't? I, Oh, exactly. I set alarms, I think, for 12.20, 12.45, one ten, and one thirty or something. And uh, fortunately, one of them woke me up. Um, I definitely missed about 10 minutes of the race. And I'm pretty confident I didn't miss anything, Connor. No, I think we didn't really miss much of the second half of the race, to be quite honest with you, because the first half of the race really had a lot of flurry, particularly at the start of the race when Valtteri took the lead, Red Bull took it up to them. But as the race wore on, Red Bull just dropped off absolutely massively and they just yeah. couldn't keep with the pace with Mercedes. Basically, Mercedes outplayed them not only on the track but also as strategy. And, Harry, let's talk about that first few laps before we had a safety car. Kimi Raikkonen ran right up the ass of his teammate. In fact, I'm amazed that Antonio yeah. Giovinazzi didn't lose a tyre um, because Kimi's whole front wing was was lost by, by what seemed a small bump. Uh, which which brought out the safety car for some laps. But in that initial uh, moment before the safety car, you know, Valtteri got the lead. And I think all the hype before start. the race was, man, this guy's he's, he's pipped him at qualifying. He's got the, he's zoned, he's chilled. He, he's got to do this. And he did. He did lead out early. That was good. Yeah. he Off the line, he was great. I think um, Lewis, Lewis's start, he sort of uh, is a little bit slower. I think Max also had a bad one. And Lewis sort of slipped in there. And grab the slipstream um, behind Valtteri to get him in front of in front of Max. But then we saw Max sort of put a bit of competition. And then I thought, just for the rest of the race, this might be finally like that tussle that we've all been waiting for hmm. between um, between Max and and Lewis. And then Lewis got ahead, and then that was kind of the end of the race. It's kind of uh, Connor a pretty poor form when we can summarise the entire race in. I'm pretty sure Harry just did it in one minute, and <laughs> pretty much he did. No, he, I mean, can we go know. to bed now? Can we go to bed? We're Let, done. Let's be honest, Lewis. I mean, Lewis did fight, and he and he and he passed, and and he won. That that's that's a critical thing here. Lewis wasn't handed that race. Um, there was no team order. There was no incident. There was no uh, nothing like that. Lewis 
fought for that and yeah. and passed. And I think the issue, Connor, is that for Valtteri, this performance reflects poorly. It absolutely does reflect poorly on, on Valtteri altogether because we honestly thought that Valtteri was really going to take it up to Lewis and to everyone else tonight. And for that first half of the race, he definitely did. He actually had to make Lewis work very, very hard to get that race lead. And he was being very ballsy at times as well. So for Valtteri to really drop back just as much as Max dropped back midway through the race, yeah, it doesn't look good at all for Valtteri's, I guess, future come 2022 with Mercedes. It, it, it really is poor. And Harry, what, what, what do you take out of Verstappen's performance, given that we had the whole weekend of, again, hype. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think there is a problem with the F1 bubble that it, that it does push the hype, but that's okay. That's, that's their job. But it, it was very much a, oh, this is neck and neck. But, I, you know, in the end, there was a, there was five seconds on, essentially yeah. on track between them. Um, Verstappen couldn't keep up. So do, do we feel like Verstappen lost something there or was it just, uh, just the, the conditions on race day didn't suit the Red Bull setup? Yeah, I think probably something closer to, to your second option there. And I think we're just getting like another classic example of Mercedes just being better than what they'd everyone, mm. what they want everyone to want them to appear like. Like they're, it happens every year. We, we trick ourselves into thinking that Mercedes is going to be weak. We get three or four races in and then all of a sudden Lewis is winning every race by a minimum of five, ten seconds. So I think, I think there's probably a little bit of that. Um, but at least the gap is five five seconds versus last year is probably twenty five seconds. So yeah. Red Bull, I think, is closing it. But I just don't think that that Mercedes is as far away. Uh, sorry, as close as that people think they are. And boys, when you look at the race overall, you think about um, passing, and they again the hype for this race. Even the you know the intro shot with the with the tip graphics down the bottom was you know there was fifty eight passes at this track last year. <laughs> yeah. I think seventeen of them was Kimi Räikkönen in the first lap and a half. Um, <laughs> but the DR, I think there was a lot of passing in this race. Actually, when you look at it, um, the the DRS zone on the main straight really worked because even though they added one at the back straight, that just helped close the gap so that you could jump on the next um, occurrence on the main straight. I mean, it, it does work. That's a solid passing opportunity, but then became a bit too obvious. Don't you think they didn't need to fight for that, Harry? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The And I think as well, like we talk about how last year, how you think it was Kimi that did, you know, the majority of them in about two seconds. I think you'd almost say it was Dan this year as well. Like he's yeah up I seven did, places. Yeah, and especially at the start when the, with the safety cars, I was just watching – him, you know, they, of course, he wasn't shown on screen because we we always have to watch Lewis up the front, even if he's mm. five, ten seconds away from anyone else. But um, yeah, just watching Dan's name just go up the list, up the list, up the list, just taking past you know someone every five seconds. So he he did a great job down there. He did. Connor, a fan- I think the 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 one thing out of the I found fascinating about the last ten minutes of the race, even though we had uh, Verstappen and Bottas pit for fastest lap attempts, Verstappen in, ending up getting that. Um, wasn't it fascinating to see them the, the TV coverage focus on Mick Schumacher? Not mm. because he's Mick Schumacher, but because well, at least he was doing something there, trying to pass <laughs> Latifi. Um, that that I think showed the the caliber of that race. That 
I think there was at least three laps dedicated to Mick Schumacher trying to pass Latifi for what was 17th position. Yeah, um, I think it was just like a bit of a snooze fest right at that point. And I think the producers were just trying to find something to promote, (laughs) something exciting. And look, to credit to Mick Schumacher, he definitely took it up to Nicholas Latifi, who really was again outshone by George Russell. In fact, if anything, I thought George Russell was going to do quite well tonight because he, like, he was mm. right on the cusp of what making it into there? Q3. Yeah, there was a bit of to, to and fro, Harry, wasn't there? It was like Latifi yeah. at one point was ahead of Russell. I don't know what was going on. That was, I just, I somehow missed completely the George Russell thing. You, you fell know, asleep. Like I, I, I might as well have. Yeah, you did. Um, but there was, <laughs> you know, it started in 11th, right? And I thought, yeah. this could be the first chance that he gets his, I mean, he got the points with Mercedes, but it doesn't really count. Um, his first chance for points with Williams, and then it just kind of just fucking just bombed it. He fucked it mm. up, didn't he? Like I, I, I just, <laughs> I just think to myself, you know, w- w- when is it going to happen for George? When is he going to mm. earn yeah. those points? Is he, in is a he the the Nico Hulkenberg of just points now? I think so. That's the way it's <laughs> happening at this point. It's you know it, we just have to call him Hulk now, Hulk Russell, or so I don't know. So I, I but, think the, the the number one takeout from this race overall was that the 2020 race um, with the slippy new surface and it being a new track and the hype of them just getting races over the line in a terrible year. Yeah, uh, actually mm-hmm. distracted from the fact that this may not be the ultimate Grand Prix circuit. Um, either that or um, Mercedes and Red Bull's dominance and distance from each other is actually problematic for for the sport still in 2021 and we're finally seeing that now so i mean that's 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 a a pretty simple look at the race overall folks uh you know hamilton from verstappen uh, from bodas and perez so mercedes red bull mercedes red bull um and we'll get into some of the other analysis uh as we kick through As we say, uh, check out KO. If you haven't got KO, sign up and let us know. Uh, tweet us. Uh, you can find us all on Twitter. If you follow the EFTM account, I'll, uh, I'll tag us all as we publish the podcast. Um, I uh, Before we get into the team analysis, boys, um, before the the F1 coverage started tonight, I was on the MotoGP. As Jack I was. Miller got a win far out. That was, that was, the, that was I only watched that for 10 minutes and it was more exciting than two hours of Formula 1. <laughs> I tuned in about halfway through the race. So I tuned in with about 13 laps to go and I thought, hang on, Jack's actually up there challenging for a race win. And he did. He actually got past uh, Quattararo and Quattararo, I think he suffered severe arm pump. That's why he went backwards so rapidly. Yeah. And Jack Miller made it a Ducati one too. Like Miller's been struggling in the in what the opening five or six races in MotoGP, and yep. finally he's come through with that breakthrough win. I'm so thrilled for him, really happy. And Harry's a part of, that, of our new motorsport roundup here on the FTM Formula 1 podcast because <laughs> Formula 1 can be boring. Uh, Indy, I mean, we had, we <laughs> oh, had yeah, uh, New Zealand 1-2 oh. and uh, Scotty McLaughlin getting his, his first podium in IndyCar at, at his that first ever appearance on an oval track. I was, I was a bit worried then you were about to ask me about MotoGP. <laughs> I, I don't think I've watched one race, my, like one full race my entire life. So you need to get out. on board. You need to get oh, on board, just, mate. Bikes just don't do it for me. I don't know the what only reason I'm... the bike coverage is amazing is the camera they have on the back that gyros. It actually it, <laughs> it, it stays level when the bikes tilt, and I think that's brilliant so television you're just watching coverage. It for, for technical marvel. Yes, 100%. Anyway, so let's anyway, get back to Let's get back to Portugal. Uh, so let's look at the teams. Um, what's I have to go straight to Aston Martin here. Thirteenth and fourteenth, Vettel and Stroll. Um, 
Jesus Christ, um, Lawrence Stroll must be a complete pain in the ass to deal with right now. You would not want to be on our staff now. Harry? Oh, you've you've been waiting for any chance to get on him though. Like, <laughs> you, <laughs> I think you were getting the shit that he had a few good races last year. But no, I think yeah, I think you're right this time. I think, um, I think the cars definitely slower than what they thought it was going to be. It's a shit box. Yeah, the regulations have hit them them harder, and then uh, they haven't been able to. What was the line that that Otmar used about not being able to adapt or whatever in Drive to Survive? Make oh. the most out of the re- I don't know. Whatever he said last year about everyone cracking a tantrum about crying them. poor, even though he's got yeah. bazillions. Yeah. It's like the whole thing. We've got bazillions of dollars, but we've got to spend years oh. building the wind tunnel, mate. You've got to be able to perform today, not yeah. not in three years. I, I'm still shocked at how the car has gone so far backwards this year. As I yeah. said, it's now a shitbox, and to the point now that because Stroll's pretty much clearly the team leader against Seb, who's really out of sorts. So they gave Seb an inferior brake package going into qualifying over over Stroll because Stroll was obviously the clear team leader. Yeah, and, well, they, no, and, they, they said that they had one, uh, an update package that came a week early. It was meant to be for Barcelona, but they only had one of them. And their rule in the team is the leader in the championship, the person who's ahead in the championship, gets that upgrade. Right. So that's, that's Stroll. Oh, I'm going to give them that over the daddy's boy theory. Um, uh, I, it you know, didn't yeah. make a rat's ass a difference, really, because no, uh, they well, both well, well out of the point. That'll beat yeah. him anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, Connor, the the standout though in the team competition is to looking at the performance, uh, both the progression of Ferrari yes. and the performance of McLaren as a team. Um, there's there's definite speed in both those cars. Absolutely, and and looking at the driver standings at the moment, both McLaren and Ferrari drivers are starting to feature quite prominently prominently in the standings, not only in the drivers, but also in the constructors. So we might as well go through the standings quickly. Lewis Hamilton leads 69.7 ahead of Max Verstappen on 62. Third, Lando Norris, 37 points. Now, that's, there is a fair gap between second and third, but that's the telling sign that Lando is ahead of Valtteri by six points. So that's the telling sign. And then, of course, you've got in fifth position, Charles Leclerc. Sixth position, Sergio Perez. So Charles ahead of Sergio. Then in seventh position is Daniel Ricciardo. Eighth is Carlos Sainz. So, so in the teams, though, obviously uh, Mercedes and Red Bull are way out front. Yeah. But the gap that 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 battle for third is going to be just as exciting this year as it yeah. was last year. So Mercedes on 100 points, Red Bull 84, McLaren third on 53, nine ahead of Ferrari on 42. Mm-hmm. Then you got Alpine on 21, Aston Martin and AlphaTauri equal on 7 and then Alfa Romeo rounds at the field on 2 points. And Harry, I think Sainz's results in 11th missing out on points is not a reflection on Carlos Sainz but more a reflection on strategy. They they pitted him essentially too early for mediums. He had he, he had to go forty four mm. laps on a set of mediums, which simply had everyone passing him. He he got passed on the last lap by Gasly. I mean, Ricardo yeah. swooped up up on him in the last couple of laps, and then Gasly got him on the last lap. But uh, you know, overall though, he has performed very well in the Ferrari. I don't oh, think yeah. Charles's sixth and his eleventh is an indication of his performance on the team, Harry. No, not at all. I, I think of all the, the, the big names that have moved teams, you know, your, your Dan's and um, and the like, I think he's done the best. I, I, I yep, adjusting I to the new car, like, you know, he moved to, I think he's moving to Italy last year to get, embed himself in the team, you know, getting to drive older cars um, to get to get up to speed has really helped. Like, he, he seems the most confident of, of all the drives that have moved cars. So, like you said, I don't think his results today that he's, you know, however 
what do you finish? 78 seconds on, what, 20 seconds slower than uh, Leclerc? No, I don't think that's, I don't think that's fair, you know, representation of where he actually is. And it's and kind we- of fascinating because if you look at that whole, you know, dri- drivers that switch cars or switch teams, um, I heard Christian Horner in the pre-race show on Sky say that there wasn't much point giving Checo time in an older car because it's an older car. But now you think about what Dan said to me about That's switching cars crazy. and he talked about simple things like the mirrors. He wasn't actually talking about the performance of the car. He was talking about the feel and the adjustments you make, you know, the position of the mirrors as you look through a corner and, and different things like that. That's where Carlos is getting bum time in a car that may have yeah. those same intricacies that differ from what he had in a McLaren Connor. Absolutely. And when you go from one car to another and you're not used to it, like, it's quite clear that Dan is still not very comfortable in that McLaren right now, and he's probably taking a little longer to acclimatise than what he should be doing at the mm. moment. But the end goal for Dan is 2022. He's going to be in a brand new car for 2022 yeah. oh, because of the sure. new regulations. But at the moment, he's struggling because Lando's got a superior edge over him because he knows the car back to front. Even though the engine is different, Lando knows the car much more intimately than he does at the moment. But Harry, the the team award for the day would have to go to Alpine. Oh, seventh yeah. and eighth. Oh, that on shocked an, me. And Alonso seventh and eighth. And frankly, their performance all weekend has been brilliant. Alonso, like Ricardo, just actually struggled with qualifying and was just the victim of qualifying. Uh, Ocon was the the star of qualifying. But you know, seventh and eighth. That's the most consistent of any team outside of Mercedes and Red Bull. I think what, last episode we basically written them off. As, exactly. <laughs> as the most My notes from round team. two were Alpine wowzers. Yeah, they were shocking last round, and yet they turn around and they put in a decent performance. In fact, Ocon, he had a really good race tonight, and that shocked me a bit. I'm, mm. I, I'm still amazed that he still has a seat. So it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't just tonight. It was just like Trev said the whole weekend. It was he was he was right up there, um, and you know what it. it Maybe this is the pace and it's not what they've been doing the first couple yeah. of races and they're starting to adjust. Like it, it makes sense because it was the trajectory that they were on yeah. last yeah. year. And when Dan. That's right. Yeah, it didn't make sense. You're right, Harry. It didn't make sense that they would just go backwards yeah. after, after their, their jump up in 2020. So maybe this is it. Maybe maybe this third place is going to be even more exciting than, than we think. Maybe it's yeah. a yeah Ferrari and McLaren and Alpine and a, like Alpha Tauri, like there's basically every team that's not a Williams and a Haas could be competing for that third place. Yeah, I mean, Alpha Tauri, not a great result for them today in 10th and 15th. Um, Williams, I think, as we noted, there was something weird going on there with Russell. He could have performed better. Mm. And just finally on the team front, um, Connor, Haas, I mean, he, here's the thing. You know, the Mick thing w- was shown on TV because there was nothing else to show, but they are literally, as we have discussed already in previous episodes, um, they're literally just making up the grid today. They're, they're making up numbers, pure and simple. And yeah. I don't know if they're hoping for a miracle come the new regulations next year or, you know, Gene's going to keep kicking the tin. I mean, I know he's not really kicking the tin as such now because he's now got sponsorship money, but how long can they keep going the way they're going at this point? That They have really struggled. In fact, I think they've not made it into Q2 since the second half of last season. And that's a telling sign. When the car is so fucked, they can't even get out of Q1. They're basically doing a Williams right now, and it's showing by by virtue of the pace and also the fact the driver caliper, not not including Schumacher. I mean, when you've got someone like Nikita Mazepin who's just 
causing more havoc than what it's worth. And he caused havoc tonight by delaying Perez and copped a five-second penalty for his troubles. So, you know, what? how, how long can they keep up with that? I, I don't know how long they can do that. Well, well the search results, the Google Trends carry for uh, Ural Kali, which is that weird sponsor, <laughs> I mean, they peaked really well in early in March, but they're they're declining now. So stand by for that to go pear shaped. Yes, so isn't, isn't the rumor that they're that they're buying it off off Gene Haas? Wow, I mean, you know. and it's going to be the the Ural Kali Formula One team, no longer the Ural Kali Haas Formula One team. If that so, keeps Mazepin in a seat, uh, what about think... me calling him Mazepin? That was very they're very noble. <laughs> use, his, use his proper name, thank you. Yeah. Show some respect. For respect. There's no fucking respect for Mazaspin. <laughs> All right, there it is. There it is, folks. No respect for Mazaspin. You heard it here. All right. Well, let's talk individual drivers then. Um, the obviously, you know, we can talk about the top four, but you know, Hamilton really. Ha- I feel like today. I'll be honest. He did actually show why he is the number one driver in that team, not because he's a you know seven-time world champion, but because he 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 outclassed Bottas. I mean, it's mm, as simple yeah. as that. He, he really does outclass Bottas, and Bottas has to accept that that's his position, or scoot on. Well, you end up thirty-three and a half seconds ahead of Bottas today, um, and that was with wait, did he do did did Lewis no he didn't do a stop though fastest lap. No, he didn't do a fast. No, lap. it was oh, um, so, but it was, no, ten, it was it was ten seconds because there was about five seconds between first and second and second right. and third. So, you know, it's not a good. The, the thing is, they were they were you know neck and neck battle battle for you know five or ten laps, and then Lewis got in front and Lewis got away. The the point is, I think Bottas was unable to get away. Lewis was able to get away. Whatever whether the gaps five seconds or fifty seconds, it doesn't matter. He got away. That's what matters, Connor, and I think that's what doesn't bode well for Bottas in, in, in the year ahead. No, absolutely not. And you just got to wonder what Toto's thinking in his mind at the moment. I mean, he was very coy about, you know, the way he's been treating, you know, Valtteri and, and George after that incident two weeks ago at Imola. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe what happened in Imola has maybe played on Valtteri's mind quite a bit and it yeah. certainly knocked his confidence a fair bit also. But who knows? Like he's a professional; he'll come back and hopefully we'll do okay in the next race, you know. But oh, look, he qualified on pole. I got to admit, Valtteri did very well last night qualifying on pole position. But yeah, it, we've seen this a number of times. Every time he qualifies on pole position, it doesn't necessarily translate mm-hmm. into a race win, and something just happens. It's like he just loses pace, or he just can't keep up with Lewis. Once Lewis gets ahead of him after he leads for a while, it's like he has a sudden drop in performance, yeah. and it's just. It's like a confidence zapper altogether for I a I think, minute. Harry, you've got to remember that he qualified on pole, but uh, both Mercedes did not um, add to their uh, qualifying performance with their final run because they went out on mediums. Yep. That was a strategic move because they thought the mediums would suit them. But if they had gone out on softs, big chance they both would have improved and potentially that would have been Hamilton's, you know, uh, coming across the line as, yeah. he, as he likes to do. Um, the the other one I think that's really worth noting here is Lando is absolutely shining um, in McLaren. Oh, I think partly because of the push from from Daniel who's pushing him ahead, but secondly because that, that car is clearly sorted, Harry. Yeah, so a very solid fifth place for Lando. So what, yeah. what's he done now? He's gone third. Third in the championship. Fifth. Third so in the championships. Is that, is that what he's got? Was it a three, four, and now five? Yep. 
Yeah, so he's he's doing great. And I think, yeah, it's a bit of, you know, the the Daniel coming in, Daniel's won a lot of you know, a lot of races back with Red Bull. Um, and someone like he said he can learn from and who's gonna be real competition there. And I also think, you know, he's in his third season now and mm. that expectation changes. You know, he he's slowly moving from being that that just the young rookie kid in the team who, you know, he's got his years to grow into to to now you you know, you have to start delivering. Like you're you have to live up to the you know, to your next contract and, and things like that. So the pressure is is on Lando as well. I don't think the pressure is just on Daniel. Um, no, the, I, I agree. And it's I interesting. agree too. Connor, I don't know if you saw the interview with Rachel Brooks and uh, George and Lando sitting on the track. Um, mm. It was a bit weird interview because they pretty much spent most of the time talking about George's crash. But they did, at the end, they talked about Lando's kind of off-season and, and 21 so far and how he's not doing as much Twitch streaming, which is, you know, mm. live streaming, um, you know, computer gaming. It's fascinating because that was a, a solid niche for him. It was a solid, you know, market mm. for him. But he basically admitted that it's giving him focus on what he needs to do, which is drive, be a driver, perform, focus. And while, you know, computer gaming simulation is a good I guess, you know, brain trainer, it ain't preparation for a Formula One Grand Prix, Connor. No, it ain't. Um, and in the end, you basically got to keep your eye in and, and be focused on the job at hand, and that is winning races or being at the front of the field. And like you said, doing the simulation thing doesn't necessarily train you to be that way, to be at the front of the field. So for him to sort of scale back what he has been doing in the past and focusing his energies on trying to win Grand Prix, getting more podiums and being you know, the best he can possibly be has probably been a, a great benefit for him because I think he's fully aware that now that Daniel has come into the team and pushed him on, he's had to step up as well. And as mm. a consequence, he's now sitting third in the championship ahead of Valtteri. So, you know, I think Lewis and Max might need to start watching their backs a little bit, maybe not straight away because the gap is quite substantial at the moment between themselves and, and Lando. But, you know, Lando could have a chance of winning some races this year. The car mm. certainly has the goods, but it all depends on a number of factors where, you know, they can go Lando's way. Yeah, and Harry, I think um, I think Gasly's performance is brilliant too this year. As much as they're still very much mid-pack and, and the back mm. of the mid-pack thus far, he's outshining um, Yuki. Um, he's he's clearly racing when he can. He yeah. was he was close to Ricardo. He, he he nearly caught him, but you know he he's outperforming that car, and I think this is a good sign for Pierre. I think this is he's probably one of the, if not the most interesting, I guess driver to watch throughout this season because. We, we really have no idea what he's going to do next year. Like he, yeah. he's clearly one of the more talented drivers on the grid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's clear that he's never going to get back into that main, or you know, it's very unlikely that he's going to get back into that main Red Bull seat anyway. And, and then to be honest, I, he's I don't wasting think he cares. time at, at AlphaTauri, I think. I, like he, I, I, as I said, I don't think he cares that he wants to go back to Red Bull. I think he's, his future lies elsewhere. Whether, but the, whether, where is that? That's the thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, the obvious well, I mean, what's elsewhere Alpine, on the Formula like, One grid? He's not going to Mercedes. He's not no. going to Red Bull. He's not going to McLaren anytime soon. He's not going to Ferrari. Um, Ocon, Ocon's seat would be his best hope, but Ocon actually, uh, currently, That's seems to be, again, lifting with, with Alonso. Again, that, that seems like a stroke of genius to lift Ocon um, with the with the support of a, a world champion like Alonso, Harry, and then and then if you're like yeah with Ocon, you know if you your your argument for Gasly is you know they want a French driver in there. Well, Ocon's already a French driver, so he 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 can't even play that card with the French team. So mm. 
I think if, if Ocon keeps going the way he's doing it, it makes it hard for Pierre there too. And then what have you got left? You've got, you know, Alfa Romeo and you've got Haas and Haas clearly isn't going to move on from either of their guys. One for, you know, because he's Schumacher and the other one because he brings in the money. And then um, Alfa Romeo seats are going to be the Ferrari Driver Academy. And I guess maybe that's Sauber seat, but, you know, I, I think it's unlikely as well. So for Pierre... This season for him is he needs to really outshine that car. Otherwise, he he potentially could be left without a seat next year. Mm. Connor, um, looking forward over the calendar, um, uh, because I do want to talk about the end of the year as well. But, you know, we've got a race next week in uh, in Barcelona. Yep. Um, Spanish Grand Prix. Spanish Grand Prix. um, 11 o'clock next Sunday night. All right, I don't, I don't mind that. But then, um, and then we move to Monaco and Azerbaijan. Uh, but there is a bit of a gap between each of those. Um, but Spain next week, uh, you know, Catalonia is obviously well known because it's a test circuit in years gone by. It hasn't been used this year thus far, though. Um, I don't I, honestly. I actually, and again, this is a little bit the the Aussie in us, but I, I genuinely think this could be a good chance for McLaren because it is such a well known circuit. That yes. They seem a well-data-driven um, uh, team. And outside of Mercedes and Red Bull, I, do, I think this is a good chance for McLaren. I think so too. I think another podium could potentially happen for Lando, maybe for Daniel, but I guess it all depends on how well Daniel can adapt to the new surroundings and the new car around Barcelona. Lando obviously will have the advantage because he, uh, you know, he's, he's used to the car because he did it last year. But I think the package already with McLaren – with the current car and the Mercedes power plant is really doing wonders for them. We were, as we've discussed in the past, we've been worried how this new partnership was going to go in a one-year-old car, but it's done absolute wonders for for the McLaren team. And I think they'll do very, very well. So I think a podium is definitely on the horizon next weekend. Mm. Harry, any any thoughts uh, about next weekend before we talk about the end of the year? On, you know, touching on McLaren as well, I think I think maybe for, for Lando, but... I... I just, if we're judging it off, you know, the most recent bit of data and race we have for Daniel, which is which is tonight, I, I feel like he's still not not quite there and he's breaking. His confidence is still still not quite there. So I would be very surprised if, you know, if he was in that podium contention next week. You know, I'm obviously hoping that he is, but I think it would mm. be very surprising to see him there. I'm going to um, call it. I'm going to call it as Baku being uh, Daniel's breakout race. Not yeah, he loves Baku. He loves Monaco as well. Yeah, but it's just such a shit circuit. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, and you have to you have to do well in quality and maybe yeah. Um, but I, I will, we could we could skip that race. Let's be honest. As a, as a, as a podcast, <laughs> it is it's just, boring. Like it's, we, we could record that after qualifying. And, yeah. Um, yeah, there's no real issue there. So, but um, Sergio's who I want to see next week. Get a yes, that's a good point. Like he, he's. Because he's, he's really, you know, we forget that when Alex first joined uh, Red Bull, he was basically doing as well as what Sergio's doing right now. So, yeah. you know, we, we've seen this happen in that seat before, get a couple of, you know, fourth, fifth places and, and things like that. And then it all goes downhill from there. So for him, adjusting to the new car, the, the new seat, and then seeing if he can convert that into getting podiums and that, you know, that third place not being a Valtteri so Red Bull can can take over the Drivers' Championship. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think it, I think it won't take that long for Sergio to get a podium in that car. Like, I don't think he'll do an Albon or a, or a Gasly where he just goes downhill. He, he's, he's already no, starting right. to show yeah. that he can take it up to max. Uh, he just needs to deliver some of those results now. So 
The United States Grand Prix is on the 24th of October. And mm. I, when I spoke to Daniel, I asked him about the Brazil Grand Prix. But let's be clear, Mexico's the week after um, United States and then Brazil's the week after that. Um, I found it interesting because I felt like after that chat with Daniel that the the headline was definitely the, the concept of a double header and what the hell are we going to do about Brazil. I mm. found it fascinating that broadly international media took that as the second story after, you know, uh, Max versus Lando and stuff like that. I feel like globally uh, COVID is looked upon differently to what we see it here. So I, I think we, because, because we live here and we see how normal things are here, mm. I don't think Europeans understand how normal it is here and how free we are of the virus and therefore how much of a utopia it could be to go, you know what, after United States, given the state of things in Mexico and Brazil, yeah. let's just spend a month in Australia, folks, and do two, yeah. maybe three Grand Prix. I mean, it's just, it still feels, given that we've lost Canada already, um, I don't know. I mean, obviously Japan has to happen. If the Olympics happen, then Japan happens because it makes no sense for one or the other to happen. But, you know, there's still, if they're going to have all these races with no crowd, doesn't it make sense to try and, Bring a crowd? I don't know. I'm I'm fascinated by this. I really am. Has the has F1 talked about the percentage of team members and drivers that have been vaccinated yet? Like, is that? Oh, I haven't, that I haven't heard anything. Really? Yeah, it seems quite odd that I know in the NBA. I noticed this week they did a big announcement that over seventy percent of players in the NBA have now been vaccinated. Trump. Well, in the in the MLB, and I know you follow ba- basketball. I follow yeah. baseball. Um, the there was one of the one of the games this weekend was the first game um, to be um, an eighty five percenter on both teams. Wow, that's that's their wow. benchmark. Um, so you know they're they're pushing through, but see. <sighs> Frankly, it doesn't matter about the level of vaccination because we still don't know yet the effect of the vaccination in terms of does that make you a carrier and can you spread it and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It only just means that you won't get sick, right? The fact is I don't think it's a great look going to a country, um, especially Brazil, but even also Mexico, where hundreds of thousands of people are sick because of something and you're just trying to put on a sporting event. I, I don't oh, know. I yeah, just, no, no, I it's a terrible, yeah. it's a terrible look. With the, the vaccine thing, I was more thinking like for them, if they're going to stay for a month, if they're not, you know, depending on what the rules are going to be like then around quarantine and things like that, are they really going to want to, you know, if it's, you know, stay here for two weeks in quarantine versus the idea at the moment is they've got that kind of bubble between the hotel and the track and they're just here for a couple of days and, and that's, you know, through the race week and that's it. Um, so, but if I they, think the if, only selling point was the idea that you, even if you only did, if you're especially vaccinated, you you do a uh, you know relaxed hotel quarantine perhaps, but the the idea that between two races that might be two weeks apart instead of one week apart, you could actually have a life um, mm. and you know well, relax. As long as you're not forced to be trapped in your hotel room for two weeks though. But the t- that's the reason you get rid of Mexico and Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that becomes your two week window? Um, and then you have a full week of prep, a normal prep for an Australian Grand Prix, and then a normal prep for a South Australian Grand Prix or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then time to go to Saudi Arabia. And by the way, they could then negotiate very strongly to have, you know, zero quarantine in other places because yeah. they're coming from Australia. That, that's, yeah. that's the thing that, that gets me going. Anyway, I may be, uh, I'm just over. <laughs> no, no, it actually talks a lot. It talks common sense. And I think, like you said, with the way Mexico and Brazil are right now with their infection rates and, and the fact that, you know, I don't think they're going to be vaccinated for quite some time yet. 
um, it's a no-brainer to spend, you know, a, a fair chunk of time in Australia at that end of the year because it would be good to, I think, have two Grand Prix. It would be crazy not to take up on that chance if if it happens, you know, and particularly if South Australia can get the certification to to host a Grand Prix with the Bend. And yeah, I think the Bend would be a fantastic place to hold a second Grand Prix. I, I, I feel don't like, think the, I the feel Bend's like been certified yet, though. Well, that's what that's what we we're looked saying. Is, didn't we? It, it needs to happen. Um, yeah. But there's no reason why I can't. And you can't tell me that the owners of the Bend wouldn't go, wouldn't move heaven and earth. Oh, the Shahins, the Shahins would do that. They would make sure that that would happen. So, yeah. Yasser, uh, make sure it happens. It. Sam, Yasser, listen to us. Get it happening. All right, it's official. There it is. Um, all right. Well, it's uh, it's very early in the morning, and um, I don't even know what happens now with a remote record. But we've got some work to do. Um, you guys get to go to bed. Um, I'll make something happen, and you can listen to this, folks. Uh, you already have, so that's irrelevant, really, isn't it? Um, we'll be back next week uh, um, for the Barcelona Spanish Grand Prix. I'm quite looking forward to that. I really like Barcelona. And, yeah, me too. Uh, it's going to be a fun race. Hopefully, we get. Something a little bit more exciting than what we just had, uh, boys. But um, anything yeah. it have to be. Thank Christ for alarms. I think we we also when we do remotes, we might need to have like a phone call scenario where we actually, if we haven't heard from someone within ten minutes, we need. Yes, you know, phone I agree call with that. <laughs> Harry, Scott. you're on notice, buddy. Yeah, hey, I was here. I was good. <laughs> yeah, I've, I feel like you haven't admitted that you fell asleep. I did me. not fall asleep. Okay. I was good. I mean, there was a couple of you know when you're doing like the your eyes are your head sort of nodding your eyes. Yeah, I was there. I was at that I'll, point tonight too. I was doing those ones, but there was. I no... got up and vacuumed at one of those <laughs> points. Mm. <laughs> All right, we'll be back next week uh, for the EFTM Formula One podcast. Thanks, Ko. Uh, log in, sign up, get a, a Ko freebie, and enjoy uh, practice uh, live uh, from the Barcelona event next week on Ko Sports. Boys, talk to you then. <laughs>